Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man. And we're coming to you very much not live today with an update on foosball. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ruin a perfect good game Foosball. of football. <laughs> you, you know we're not on the air. I know. <laughs> Just get so excited about football. <laughs> Football. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, college football over the last three weeks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or two weeks, I guess. So we're going to talk about two games because I actually watched pretty much all of the Florida LSU game. But we're going to mainly talk about Texas A&M versus Auburn. Auburn came into that game unranked. We were number five. Uh, we came out of that game number five. They came out still unranked. <laughs> so they were five and four. The conference were still seven and one. It was very much not a whole lot of defense. It wasn't like the game against Mississippi State where it was a tale of no defense. Uh-huh. Where you know literally you had two punts the whole game. I think there were four in this one. <laughs> there was not just a whole lot of defense. So. Effectively, this game was strong start, strong finish. Yeah, and nothing, nothing in the not, middle. Yeah, with not as much in the middle. It was like it was like end caps. Yeah, it pretty much was. So, effectively, the Tigers could not stop our offense, especially when we ran the ball. If we ran the ball, we were unstoppable. If we threw the ball, we were more stoppable. You should probably not call them the Tigers, seeing as how there are like what four teams in the SEC alone that are the Tigers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and just call them Auburn. Let's see, you got Mizzou, LSU, Auburn. I want to say there's one more. Well, it's Clemson, but they're not technically part of the SEC. But we always play them. <laughs> Several SEC teams end up playing Clemson at some point during the during the conference <laughs> during the season. So. And there was that one year where we had four losses, and all four of our losses were to the Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) We lost to Auburn, we lost to LSU, we lost to Mizzou, and we lost to um, Clemson. And I don't know how you walk on campus the day after losing to a team called Mizzou. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the Auburn Tigers. So they, they effectively were not able to stop the rush. Isaiah Spiller put up 120 yards. He's been our main running back pretty much the whole season. Anaya Smith only got 36, but he was only used pretty much in the fourth quarter. Devon, how do you say his name? It's like a Cheney. Yeah. He ran for 99 yards. I'm pretty sure that was his first game. (laughs) (laughs) Kalamon himself as a quarterback ran for 60 yards. It was very much a heavy running game. Passing game, again, targeting Weidemeyer quite a bit for 89 yards and two touchdowns. That was, in fact, the first touchdown they got was a targeted pass to Weidemeyer. He was way open and in the end zone. It was an easy, easy first uh, touchdown. Anaya Smith ends up getting 62 yards on four receptions, so still very big player in this game. And then uh, Chase Lane uh, with two two receptions and 21 uh, yards. So, uh, you know... 313 yards rushing, 196 yards passing. There were, you know, that's almost five, or it's over 500 yards of offense combined. Uh, So, you know, they were basically unable to stop us. It was kind of nice to watch. However, we were still very susceptible to what I will call luck. (laughs) (laughs) 
on both sides of the both sides of the ball. So the two two all put up. We had a drive completely stall out in the third quarter or the second quarter. I can't remember, but it completely stalled stalled out because on third third and relatively short, it was like third and eight or third and six or relatively long. Mon threw a pass that hit the ref. <laughs> Basically, it was going to go in I, Chase Lane's hands and it hit the ref. And it's just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> See, in those situations, it's like they should blame the ref. I mean, he, he should be paying attention. It's like because the players are going to throw where they need to throw. They're going to be where they need to be. It's not like there's some, the players should be avoiding the refs. It's the refs that should be avoiding the players. Yeah. And that actually happened later on in the game where a ref effectively blocked uh, one of our defenders attempting to tackle an Auburn uh, running back, <laughs> but because the, the ref got in the way and he had nowhere to go, <laughs> and you know the refs aren't fast. <laughs> and, so, and then on the other side of the luck, we kind of got it back in the fourth quarter with Kellen Mond throwing a pretty sketchy pass for a touchdown to Weidemeyer. It was completely read very well by the Auburn defense. It was going to be an interception, but it went right through his hands and into Weidemeyer's hands. Like it, he tipped it just slightly and Weidemeyer reached up, grabbed it, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which at that point, it, the game was not a done deal in the fourth quarter because on the other side of the ball, it was the same story. Our defense did not do a very good job against Auburn's offense. And this was due to... Two, what I will say, two factors. Number one, we had nobody that was as fast or faster than Bo Nix, who is the Auburn quarterback. That kid is fast, and he's wily. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of watching uh, Johnny football. Uh-huh. The touchdown they scored in the second quarter, he somehow kept the ball alive. We got two defenders get past the their front line. And they were coming at him, and they had him. Like, one of them literally had his body on top of Bo Nix. And Nix somehow slips out behind him, stays off the ground, circles around, gets enough blocks, and runs for, like, 20 yards into a touchdown <laughs> around the rest of our defense <laughs> trying to try. It was, like, two or three missed tackles. And it looked like a sure thing. Like, and this was this was going to be a huge stop because this was third down. Um, the defense had done a great job in the red zone, and Nick's put it in and got a touchdown. It very much showcased how fast Nick's can be, and and he was doing this down the field anyways. The other thing is their their running backs. We couldn't catch any of them either. <laughs> if they made it past the line of scrimmage. It was going to be our secondary that caught them if they caught them. Uh-huh. And that was an if because our secondary made some decent tackles. They also made several missed tackles. And so if the running back made it past the line of scrimmage, it was going to be 20 yards, 30 yards or a touchdown. You know, it was that kind of a thing. They ran for 196 yards. They threw for 144. So that's close to, you know, they're close to 400 yards of offense. Uh-huh. That's, you know, we put up 500, they put up 400, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was very much a, a less than defensive game. What I will say is that our defense really came alive in the third and fourth quarter. Actually, not so much the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. I almost want to say it's because we have enough depth in our defense that they didn't get tired. Uh-huh. Whereas on the other side of the ball, the Auburn defense had played a very strong third quarter, had stopped us on several drives, and just fell completely apart in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, we scored 17 points. They just were not able to stop us, whereas we stopped them from scoring any points in the fourth quarter. Jimbo Fisher 
as a coach strikes me as very uh, conservative. Uh-huh. And pretty much this year has been a big, big showcase of that. Like we get ahead, but we don't necessarily like ram the ball down their throats as much. And I think part of that conservativeness is trying to keep the team from getting tired. <laughs> Right. And healthy, keeping them healthy, because if you need them to make a big play, you know, at the end of the game, you want them to be able to do that. That's why we put up 17 in the fourth. That's the idea behind it. You don't want you you don't want half your team hurt in the second or third quarter. And then, you know, you're down by three and you really need them to get in the field goal range or something. And you can't because you don't have anybody. <laughs> right. You know, on the other side of the ball, like your defense just utterly falls apart in the fourth quarter. That used to be like the Texas A&M thing to do. Let's <laughs> uh-huh. have an ultra strong defense for three quarters and then, you know, nothing in the fourth because the guys were just tired. Uh-huh. It's easy to beat a tired defense, even when they're good. Even a good defense gets tired. It was a pretty hectic game. You had uh, one touchdown in the first, one touchdown in the second quarter from A&M. Auburn scored 10, so a touchdown and a field goal in the second. And then in the third, they score another 10. So by the, by the, the end of the third, Auburn's leading 20 to uh, 14. And if we lose this game, we're completely out of the running for anything, <laughs> right? But the fourth quarter came around. Their defense got tired. They already weren't playing very well, and then we just walked all over them. Uh-huh. You know, that was that game kind of in a nutshell. I will say by the end of the second or third quarter, no, by the end of the second, because I didn't get to watch the third and fourth quarters till later, um, <laughs> I was pretty much done. Like, I was so angry at our defense's inability to stop Bo Nix, especially after the touchdown he got, you know, breaking four or five tackles. And just just watching our defensive line beat theirs so solidly and getting like two or three guys into the backfield and then having nothing come at me because either they mistackled or they, they just weren't fast enough to catch the runner uh-huh. and just being livid about that. Well, you got two problems there. One is like a plague on football in general is tackling. I know everyone's concerned about injuries, but in the sport, you still have to make tackles mm-hmm. and you have to make good tackles. And it just seems like they're teaching them on how to clip guys instead of on how to bring them to the ground. And then two is athleticism. Again, another very basic thing. You're doing all these practices and, and before you're actually doing the plays and practice you're having workouts why is it that you don't have guys on the field that can run (laughs) right you know that's something we saw against lsu is kind of on the on the flip side is that their defense had faster guys than our offense did and they were just able to outrun them and so they were able to to just sort of play with our receivers (laughs) Uh you know it caused our our ability to throw the ball just to go out the window so yeah it's it's frustrating but we won the game. We walked out with a win, 31-20. Again, not a lot of style points, right? Not nearly like the game against LSU. You find a way to win. Right. So the game with LSU, 20-7. Okay, if we'd walked away 20-0, to zero, that would have been way better. Uh, but 20-7, still, it's still a win. No style points because of how bad we looked through a lot of that game. In this game, we didn't look bad. At least the offense never looked bad. The defense had problems. So yeah, we're going into the t- the Tennessee game is next weekend. The, the last weekend would have been the Ole Miss game, but it was canceled due to COVID reasons inside the Ole Miss organization. So we're going to go up against Tennessee. Tennessee has not been good this year in general. So the expectation is for us to beat them. However, given the performance against the Tigers and the Tigers, <laughs> both the LSU Tigers and the Auburn Tigers, 
I'm not, you know, I'm trying to keep my expectations low <laughs> so that I don't break my TV. This is a we're talking about. So, I mean, in general, you try to gauge your reactions, you know? Yeah, try to manage your expectations here. That was the AM game. College football playoffs, it was looking like AM was going to have a chance because the Ohio State-Michigan game, which was going to be this past weekend, was canceled. Right. And in, in the original Big Ten rules having only played five games, would not qualify to actually play in the Big Ten Championship, right? Right. Which would theoretically cause them to be, you know, they'd be a 5-0 and team being compared with a whole bunch of other teams. And hopefully that would cause the college playoff committee to say, no, we can't, we can't let these people in. The Ohio State Committee or the Ohio State Conference no, not Ohio. Well, that's basically what it is. The Big Ten Conference <laughs> basically gathered around and decided to change the rules, at least for this year, to allow Ohio State to play in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. Northwestern doesn't look bad. Is it Northwestern or did they? No, it's, it's Northwestern. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Pac-12. <laughs> Nobody cares about Pac-12. No, nobody. It's gonna does. be the USC. I guess I think it's USC, isn't it? Versus Oregon. It was supposed to be Washington. Yeah. But I think they either had a COVID thing or didn't qualify or something like that. And they're like, well, Washington can't play, so it's Oregon. <laughs> yeah, Oregon, USC. And USC is actually ranked 13. Um, as much as my cousin Shannon doesn't think they deserve that ranking. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, Ohio State doesn't deserve its number four ranking. I mean, yeah, and technically Northwestern has won more games than Ohio State because they're six and one. <laughs> uh-huh. The Big Ten basically screwed around for forever and sat on the fence until they were basically browbeat by the parents of the athletes to finally play a season. By then, it was so late and everyone else had already come up with their plans and started playing that the Big Ten was like, OK, so the best that we can do is uh, is like 10 games and you have or you have to have at least 10 games in order to do, be considered for the conference championship. And then they didn't contain anything. And Ohio State missed a bunch of games. Yeah, missed three. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they had the ability to play 10 games. I think they were only going to play eight. Right. So the Ohio State missed three. Right. So dropped them down to five games, which, I mean, they won all those five games. (laughs) Woohoo. Yeah, but they were all Big Ten schools. Yeah. And, you know, Ohio State is the highest ranked one. The next one after that is like, what, nine? Not even? I don't even know if that's correct. (laughs) Because Penn State beat Michigan State. I think Michigan State was ranked. Ohio State's four. Northwestern's 14. Isn't Indiana in the Big Ten? You know what? You're right. But I think they're Big Ten's whatever uh, whatever Northwestern is. They're Big Ten. Indiana did pretty well this year. They beat PSU, or they beat Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, and they lost to Ohio State. That's the problem. Uh, they, they beat Maryland, and they beat Wisconsin. And they're 11. Yeah. But, but even then, Indiana played more teams than Ohio State. Yeah, I actually think Indiana is probably more worthwhile than Ohio State, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we have the problem with college football in general and why it's ridiculous that there's only four teams in the playoff system is that the, the reason why Ohio State's in the, the playoff picture is that, one, they don't want more than one team per conference in there in the playoffs because they're like, oh, that's that that's not sexy enough for us, you know? Yeah. That doesn't make it look good. So the first college football playoff ranking sheet came out on Tuesday. 
which was, I guess, yesterday. So the 15th. So that's, this is the, like their first, if, if they had to rank them like right now, based on the games they'd played so far. Right. And this actually varies pretty wildly from the, either the AP top 25 or the coaches poll. The top five are the same pretty much through all three of those. Although Ohio state and Clemson kind of switch AP top 25 puts Ohio state before Clemson, but it's Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio state, Texas A&M. After that point, the college football playoff rankings puts Iowa, Iowa state, right? Then Florida, then Georgia, then Cincinnati, and then Oklahoma to get to 10. Whereas in the coaches poll and the AP top 25, once you get past A&M at five, it goes Cincinnati, Indiana, Iowa State, Coastal Carolina, right. and then Georgia, and then Florida. Florida's not on there till 11. So they get up quite a bit in the college football playoff rankings, and Cincinnati kind of gets dropped out the bottom, along with Indiana. They both <laughs> look pretty good. So, But, I mean, when you look at, at the top, even for the college football playoff rankings, most of the of the the top schools have more wins than Ohio State. I mean, we have two more wins than Ohio State and one loss, and that's because we lost to the number one ranked team in the country. So it's completely absurd the idea that Ohio State is considered the fourth best team in the country. They didn't play anybody. The toughest team that they played was Indiana, and even Indiana has more wins than them. And the only loss is to Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. You know, we may get to it. Like I checked who the uh, the f- college football people who make the decision. I don't even know what to call them. Commissioners? <laughs> uh, judges. Yeah. One of them is R.C. Slocum, which I don't, I don't know if you remember me talking about Slocum in the past, but he's the winningest coach in A&M history. Uh, he, he was the head coach at A&M for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, 15 years, I think, maybe 20 in a long, long time. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping, you know, there's a little bit of push there. Maybe, of course, there could also be some bitterness there. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and I, I said that the only loss was to Alabama. But think about the teams that we did beat that people were like, oh, yeah, Florida can beat Alabama, you know, in the SEC conference championship. You know, they'll they'll get bumped up into the playoffs, you know, but it's like, but we beat Florida. Yeah, we beat LSU that beat Florida. (laughs) So that gets us into the upsets. (laughs) (laughs) And I do want to talk about that game because that kind of feeds into things. So a lot of people were ranking Florida ahead of A&M. They were like, yeah, yeah, A&M looks good. Okay, whatever. But Florida's still better than, even though Florida lost in the head-to-head championship, Florida's still a better team. Blah, 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 blah. And then this weekend happened. (laughs) And LSU went to Florida, to the Swamp, which is what their stadium is called. So not just saying Florida's a giant swamp, which it is. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they went to the Swamp and beat Florida. You know, in Kyle Trask's home territory, <laughs> LSU pulled out a win. So I want to talk about that game for, for one big reason. <laughs> so it's not just the funny reason. It's it's about defense. This was a, yet another game. This was a story of no defense. Literally, neither defense could really stop the other team's uh, offense. LSU literally was playing freshman quarterback first game. This was LSU's new freshman quarterback and his first game, literally his first 
college football game. <laughs> End of the season. They had two other quarterbacks. Those guys, I don't know what happened to them, but this was a new quarterback for LSU. He was able to have the LSU offense come alive. They were passing well. They were running well. They looked like LSU. As much as I hate to say that, and as begrudgingly as I do say that, LSU has a good football program in general. It's terrible this year, which is awesome. But (laughs) (laughs) they have a good football program in general, and it looked like it. But on the defensive side of the ball, it looked awful. And it was just like, what the hell? (laughs) And it's kind of like LSU has the same problem that Florida has. Uh Because Florida's defense is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the reason we beat Florida. And that's the reason we would beat Florida again if we played them because their defense is terrible. And while our defense can have off days... Our defense can also have really good days. <laughs> I don't think Florida is a better team. There was a while there where I was like, well, maybe the win against them was a fluke. And after watching the Florida uh, LSU game, no, they're just not a better team. And it was very clear it, their defense just is not very good. They're just a one-sided team. And apparently LSU can also be a one-sided team if it gets its act together. (laughs) (laughs) Defense is just just terrible. So I think that's another trend that you're starting to see in football is that football programs, you know, again, in college and in professional, are focusing on the offense. They're not finding good defensive coaches to take control of the defenses and get them ready for their their opponents, you know? Because, you know, let's be honest. It's more fun to watch a a heavy offensive game. Mm Mm-hmm. It just is. (laughs) Well, it is in the aspect that if the defense can't force turnovers. Yeah, that's true. It can be pretty fun if they can force turnovers. So big, big news from that game, though, because it because their defenses, neither team's defense was playing very well. It turned into a shootout. Right. Uh So it became the story of shootout games is always who gets the ball last. And two and a half minutes, fourth quarter, you know, coming down to the end. LSU's got the ball. They've got like a couple timeouts. They're making their drive. They're, I think, on the the 30, maybe the 40 of their own territory. So they're still a long ways away. Can't kick a field goal. Game's tied up. So still very close. And Florida's defense puts a stop. They, they bring them all the way to third down. I think they even sack the quarterback on the second down or so. It's it's pretty – it's like third and 15. And they make a relatively short throw for third and 15, or maybe it was third and 20. And, you know, he, he makes it into – at least into, into between the sticks. <laughs> but he does not get the first down. He gets brought down by like three, three defenders. One of the defenders during the tackle, so one of the Florida defenders, ends up with his shoe at the end of it, right? And that happens occasionally. Occasionally you see guys' helmets come off. You see their shoes come off. You see, well, that's usually about it. (laughs) But but occasionally that happens. The Florida, in his exuberance, because they know, Florida knows, hey, if we stop them with two minutes and we have three timeouts, we're going to be able to drive the, the football down and either get a touchdown or a field goal at the very least, and then we'll win this game, right? We'll go home, we'll win it, even though it's close as it's been. The nightmare will be over, right? Right. (laughs) In his exuberance, the Florida defender throws this guy's shoe, this wide receiver. The Florida defender's name is Wilson. He throws the shoe, and he throws it 20 yards. 
And then the ref, the ref throws a flag. <laughs> I bleep you not. <laughs> With a straight face, <laughs> the ref says, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct foul on, you know, I can't remember, it's not 20 or whatever. Wilson threw the offensive player's shoe 20 yards down the field, you know, 15 yards, automatic first down. Basically, lightning bolt <laughs> into the Frankenstein monster that is LSU. <laughs> it was dead, but now it's alive. <laughs> it's alive. So suddenly the drive's back on. Florida didn't get their stop. And LSU manages to push the ball down into uh, Florida territory, somewhere around the 40-something yard line. They get stopped again. They go for the field goal. It's a 52-yard field goal, I want to say. Their guy puts it through the sticks. Boom. They're winning the game, 34-31. There are 22 seconds left on the clock. Ball goes back to Florida. Gets kicked. You know, a second goes off. Or I don't even think a second goes off because it goes in the touchback. Kyle Trask, in three plays, manages to drive the ball down from touchback kind of territory into field goal range. Because as much as I'd rag on him, Kyle Trask is a good football player. <laughs> he's a good quarterback. <laughs> he's not a super threat for the running. You know, he's not a running back kind of quarterback, but he is an excellent, excellent passing quarterback. And he can run. He did run a couple times. He, in fact, got a touchdown this game. <laughs> because he's not a threat, they normally don't watch him. And so if the pocket opens up and there's nobody <laughs> nobody there and he can get it, he'll do it. He did it a couple times. So... He manages to get him down. They bring the field goal team out. 57-yard field goal. Misses. Barely. Not even inches. It kind of like grazes the upright. Uh, They timed it so it was the last two seconds. And so game ended. The ball whizzed on through or whizzed on by. And that was it. The LSU beat Florida at Florida. After that game... The AP top 25 came out. Florida had dropped from number six behind us all the way down to number 11 because now they're, they're, they're a two-loss team because they lost to us and they lost to LSU. The same thing in the coaches poll. They dropped from right behind us all the way down to uh, 11. But in the college football ranking, they only drop one spot. <laughs> now they're behind Iowa State. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. Ultimately, it came down to a thrown shoe because I had the had the shoe not been thrown, very likely Kyle Trask with two minutes of game time and three uh, timeouts would have very much been able to get the ball down, either to get a closer field goal or to get a touchdown. So that's the takeaway. They managed to grab defeat from the jaws of victory. So that that's college football. On a lighter note, Alabama managed to destroy Arkansas. Uh, I think 45 to three. <laughs> I think Arkansas put up a uh, a field goal in the first, <laughs> the first quarter. And that was it. And Penn State just manhandled Michigan, Michigan State, which was not expected because I think at the time Michigan State was actually ranked and now they're not because they got manhandled by, uh, by Penn State. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet for a little while now. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think the viewers have heard enough from me. <laughs> well, the last thing I want to say about you know the college football system is that the playoff system needs to be expanded to at least 16 teams for reasons like this year. You find teams that play at easy conferences, getting the benefit of the doubt just because they have an undefeated record. If you're in a crappy conference, yes, you should be undefeated. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like AM's in the SEC conference, and one year we played the number one team. Three times. <laughs> well, I mean, Clemson was one of those number one teams. They're not, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Alabama and Georgia. Right. So still, <laughs> the big reason why people say that uh, they won't do it is because of the money, because the bowl systems have money. There's no reason why you can't have the bowl system and the playoff system. I mean, the bowls, it's just a name. You call it the Orange Bullet. It could still be in the first, second, third round, final round, whatever. You could just call it the whatever bowl in whatever round, and they could still make their money. March Madness, the advertisers make a ton of money every game, so there's no reason that they can't expand the playoff system. If anything, this year has taught us that the NCAA either needs to pick one of two things, either need to be all in and take control of these conferences and how football is played in this country on the college level or get completely out of it and let the conferences do whatever they want. <laughs> the other thing, so you had the the big 10 kind of swooping in and saying, no, 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 my precious child, Ohio state still has to be able to play their conference game or their conference championship game. So you had the ACC, which is the Atlantic coast conference swoop in and do almost the exact same thing with their two contenders, which is Clemson and Notre Dame. It canceled Notre Dame's game against Wake Forest this past weekend, which is it ticks me off because that that's a rivalry game. Uh-huh. I, I mean, come on, we've had enough rivalries get killed over the years <laughs> because of conference changes or because of, of stuff happened. That's just not cool. Notre Dame's a perfect example, though, of how the sexiness of the appearance of your team outweighs whether or not your team is actually good. Because Notre Dame's an independent team. Yes, they're playing ACC teams this year, but they could choose to play whoever they want. And they're not committed to anybody, and that shouldn't be allowed either. They need to pick a conference, so that way they can be judged against that conference and have their schedule set. I, I generally agree with that as well. But they did the same thing to Clemson. They canceled Clemson's game against Florida State, mm-hmm. which, again, is a big game. Not that Florida State's any good this year, but it's it, it used to be a real big game because both Clemson and Florida State were pretty good. So they canceled both those games in order to make sure there was no upset so that the ACC could possibly put two teams into the college football playoffs. And I'm just sitting there thinking, ah. None of this seems fair, right? <laughs> right. This doesn't. There's no level playing field. And there's never been a level playing field, but. Eh. But now it's becoming more and more apparent, and the greed is becoming more and more apparent, and that if they keep going down this path, college football is just going to be ruined. I mean, people are just going to stop watching it because it's not going to matter. Yeah. All that's going to matter is how sexy your team looks. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like uh, I think it was Ohio State talking about their conference championship game last year. The coach was like, look, we were beating them like 30-something points by the time we got to the first quarter, but I was not going to take my starters out or let up because I have to make it look good for the selection committee to make sure that that I didn't just get a conference championship, but I I looked really good beating them. And he was like, is that right? No, I think it's wrong. Uh (laughs) I think that's – if you're beating somebody by 30 points in the fourth quarter, you should put your fourth string in or your second string in or whoever. Right. And again, talking about the NCAA being all in or all out, the schedule should be all over the place. Teams should be trying 
traveling because let's face it, these athletes, their education is not the most important thing. If it were, they, there would not be this much money invested in these bowl games and who goes to the, to the playoffs and who doesn't. If they really cared, every game would just be conference only and nobody would play anybody. You know, it just wouldn't be as big of a deal. Right. But since you're you're talking about how big money is going into these things, then yeah, Florida teams should play the California teams and just jet set all over the place since you want to make all this money anyways and you want to prove that everybody's good anyways and you're treating these kids like they're professionals already, then treat them like professionals. Yeah. Let's see how good these teams actually are. Yep. You're going to end up paying these kids. That's It's just going to happen. Yeah, eventually. Either that or you're going to have some really crappy football teams with guys who just want a scholarship. You've got that that kind of coming, the whole compensation thing that's eventually going to hit. But on the other side of the ball, you've got the whole this game does in fact cause a long-term brain impairment. <laughs> and so in the north at least right now, it's dying out as a sport. In, you know, this I think the you know, the peewee leagues and the younger kid leagues. Travel leagues. and Yeah. They're down to like 50% of what they were two to three years ago. Uh-huh. It's going to either have to change pretty radically or it's going to die because it's just it's too injurious to too many people and at too young of an age. And yeah, there's other sports like that. Sure. MMA fighting, boxing, whatnot. But there are very few people who go into that. <laughs> right. Football teams are hundreds of people right. <laughs> who have been who have been playing since they were like five. It's a different sort of a scenario. So I don't I don't see football in general staying the way it is for probably twenty years. It'll be a different game or it'll be gone just mm. because nobody will be nobody will allow their kids to play. Right. Which for the kids that's the right decision. <laughs> you know <laughs> I went kind of deep on that one. <laughs> well, it's the end of the year, and the certain fates are, are coming in, and there's less excitement coming down of what's going to happen in the playoffs and the bowl games, you know, because you kind of know who's going to win this year. It was all kind of done haphazardly. But then you saw a lot of flaws in the system. So, like I said, it's the end of the year. You look back, and what went right, what went wrong. You're just kind of happy that we had football. <laughs> and I am, and it's been been a fun season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun having LSU be terrible. It's been fun <laughs> <laughs> beating Florida. It's been fun beating everybody else. It's been definitely a very interesting season. With that said, next week we've got Anams playing Tennessee. All the conferences are doing their championship games. So Pac-12 is doing uh, Oregon versus USC. The Big Ten is Northwestern versus Ohio State. Big 12 is Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> the ACC championship game is Clemson-Notre Dame. That one's interesting, and the reason that one's interesting is because if Notre Dame beats Clemson, that makes Clemson a two-loss team. Right. Which means they probably will not go to the playoffs, which that's pretty much our only door in right now, unless the playoff committee gets the Ohio State you know, Buckeye star out of their damn eyes. <laughs> <laughs> or if Ohio State gets beat by Northwestern. If they get beat by Northwestern, I don't know how they could justify putting Ohio State into the playoffs. What that would mean, though, was that you would have a college playoff that has two SEC teams and two ACC teams. So that would just be weird. Because <laughs> the most of the, the college playoffs since its inception in 2014-2015 season have been the teams that won the, the conference championships, four of the big five. It one year, Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, I think it was Alabama and Georgia went. 
So that would be strange. And that that's the one reason I think maybe Ohio State will end up going no matter what, because they don't want to do two ACC teams and two SEC teams. But on top of that, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion, okay, fine, send Ohio State, but take one of the ACC teams out and either let us go or put Cincinnati in. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why not? So A&M still has a potential to get in. Notre Dame's got to beat Clemson. Or Northwestern's got to be at Ohio State. And if both of those things happen, then you could, in fact, see A&M and um, Cincinnati go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it'll happen. It'll probably be A&M and Indiana. Or maybe it'd still be A&M and Florida. (laughs) It should be three SEC teams in the... I don't see that happening. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they beat Alabama, which, whatever. (laughs) Any last words about this college football? No, I'm just I, I like the way that AM's going. I think the Jimbo Fisher had a couple of rocky first couple of seasons, but it seems like he's getting it under control and it seems like he's doing good. And Kellamon's what, junior this year or is he a senior? No, he's a senior. So we gotta hope that whoever comes in behind Kellamon um is ready. You know, he hasn't looked bad the couple of games he was in. Except for the one touchdown he threw against Alabama. (laughs) But it's Alabama. So, but he didn't look bad when he was in against, uh, I think that was Mississippi State. But we put him in for about a quarter against one team. And he played pretty well. So, and he's a good runner. Right. He's been good for for AM football, but uh, no offense. I don't think he's NFL quality. Oh, we're talking about Kellen Mon? I thought that's who you were talking about. Or are you talking about Jimbo? I'm talking about the guy who's coming after Kellen. Oh, oh. Yeah. Because you were saying who's coming after. Yeah. He's played some and he's looked good. Uh-huh. He threw an interception against Alabama, but besides that, he looked pretty good. He got put in the fourth quarter of one game. I think it was against Mississippi State. And he looked pretty good at pretty much both of his drives. So now Kalamon, I think he's going to get picked up. He may not be drafted. He may be a walk-on somewhere. (laughs) But I think he will get picked up, especially if we win out. If we win against Tennessee, you know, it's possible. Well, that's been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. Thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate your patronage. Remember, we have a Patreon and a website, patandthefatman.com. Check us out. Click the uh, rate us on your podcasting device. Like us. Share us. All of the button pushing except for the bad buttons. Don't push those bad buttons. Um, (laughs) But the good buttons. Thanks again. I'm Pat. I'm the fat man. Stay classy. Gig them.